with huge log rafts on it floating down through the mountains in spring and early summer to the sawmills in Catlettsburg, Kentucky. Sometimes men rode those logs all the way, Daddy said, in the 1920s. Just sitting and floating, it would take days, watching the land coming at you on either side like a dream. The green trees hanging into the water, not ever knowing what would be around the bend. Seeing animals, too. Daddy said these hills were full of animals then, all kinds. Maybe see a panther. And the water would be clear with fish in it. You could see straight to the bottom. Now the water is black because they wash coal in it upriver, at the Island Creek Tipple, at Van Sant. And the coal dust sinks to the bottom and covers the rocks, so they're black, too. The real black rock, the one Daddy said they named the town for, doesn't even exist anymore. It used to hang way out over a swimming hole near Hoot Owl, and everybody jumped from it, and two people drowned in that hole. But when the Norfolk and Western came through in the 30s and built the railroad, they blasted the rock into little bitty pieces, and it fell into the river and was gone. Probably you could find a piece of it now in the river by Hoot Owl, if you knew where to look. I'm going on. Agnes is mad. I don't like it here. Why not? Crystal asks. She turns her head toward the yard and Agnes, and sees that Agnes has already got a bunch of lightning bugs in her jar. Captive and pulsing, they cast a soft irregular glow like the twinkle lights last winter on her aunt's Christmas tree. Boogerman might get us, Agnes says scornfully. She's not scared of any booger man herself, but she knows Crystal is, or anyway used to be. I've got better things to do than stand out here in some old trees and get a cold. Agnes sounds like Laureen, Crystal's mother. Agnes goes up the bank and Crystal follows, still picking off beggar lice because she knows how mad her mother will get if she comes in with them still all over her shorts. At the edge of the backyards... Crystal can see their neighborhood all stretched out along the road. Lights shine at the back of every house, in the kitchens where the women are finishing up. Sometimes the black shadow of a woman's head crosses a kitchen window for a minute and then vanishes. Agnes's mama's shadow stays firmly there in her lighted square. That's where their sink is, by the window. In the front rooms, the televisions are on and the men are watching TV or reading the paper, tired. But not at her house. Crystal knows what's happening there, and sometimes she wishes she lived in one of these other houses, where probably some of the men have gone to sleep already, stretched out in reclining chairs. The Varney boys, Horn and Darius, who are older, have got a big light on in their driveway, and they're out there working on a car. That's what they do all the time. Their yard is full of parts of cars. Still, they're good boys. Horn was the quarterback last year at Black Rock High. And they're Eagle Scouts. Crystal would like to have the Varney boys for brothers, grease-stained and open and grinning all the time. Not like her own, Jules, who is so old she doesn't even know him. He's just thin and furious when he's home, which is almost never now, off teaching in a college. Or Sykes, 
plain ornery, her mother says. Always up to something. So they sent him off to military school at Union Springs. And that didn't do any good at all except to make him more secretive about what he's up to. Tomorrow he's going to summer school at VPI. Idly, Crystal wonders where he is now. His window is dark. But she doesn't really care. The way he treats her daddy, she'll be glad when he's gone for good. Get that one, Agnes says. Go on. Crystal catches it and puts it into her jar and screws the top back on. It looks lonesome in there by itself, and so she catches another one, and then another, and some more. And by then, they're in Agnes's backyard by the clothesline, close enough to hear Jubal Thacker's daddy picking his guitar on his back porch beyond the Thacker's garden. He's doing wild wood flower, Crystal realizes as she goes up the steps, doing it slow with the music floating out soft and a little bit sad in the green June night across all the backyards. I will laugh, I will sing, and my heart will be gay. A light bulb hangs down over Agnes's kitchen table, and it makes Crystal blink. With her finger, she traces a pattern on the red oilcloth and looks in the open door through the dining room, which is almost never used and into the living room, where the television is on and Agnes's family is sitting around. Agnes's father, Hassel McClanahan, a fat, red-faced man, is shining shoes. He runs the hardware store downtown, and he has his shoes all spread out on newspaper to shine them. Hello there, Crystal, he calls. He has a big smile and a big, rough, friendly voice. His customer smile and voice, which he has used so much in the hardware store that they come natural now. Agnes's mama is fat, too. She's sewing something all the time. It's through her that Crystal is somehow related to Agnes, because Agnes's mama was a hibbets. But Crystal isn't sure how it works. You sure you don't want some? Agnes says. This is real good buttermilk. We just had supper before I came out, Crystal says. That was a long time ago. That was ours, Agnes says. As usual, she's right. Agnes puts a blue bowl on the table with a thick square of cornbread in it, then pours buttermilk over the cornbread and into the bowl. She gets a spoon and sits down to eat. Crystal is looking through a Life magazine that she got from a pile of magazines on one end of the big table. She stops at some pictures of Mexico. I'd like to go there, she says, pointing. Not me, declares Agnes. You can't drink the water. Gives you diarrhea all the time. Well, Crystal says. I want to go to Lookout Mountain, Tennessee, says Agnes's little sister, Pauletta, who has recently changed her name to Babe, dancing in on the plastic runner, which goes from the living room through the dining room to protect the beige wall-to-wall -wall carpet. Babe, at ten, is a show-off, and old for her age. But Crystal likes her. Babe is plump, too, but she has curly red hair and giggles a lot. What are you all fixed up for, Agnes says, wiping her mouth. Mama doesn't care, says Babe. She's wearing dark red lipstick 
and has used it on her cheeks, too, for rouge. And over her T-shirt she has a long double strand of imitation pearls, one pink, one blue. Watch this, she says. She does a tap dance step that she's seen on TV, which ends by Babe slapping her foot behind her back with her hand. That's pretty good, Crystal says. I know it, says Babe. Huh, <laughs> Agnes says. Babe gets a Coke from the refrigerator and shakes it up to make it fizz, then opens it and sticks the whole top into her mouth so that some of the fizz runs down her chin and gets on the pearls. You all want to watch the dating game? Babe asks. I don't think so, Crystal says. Now she's looking at pictures of California. I've got to go home in a minute. You know who I'd like to have a date with, Babe says. Frankie Avalon, that's who. See you around, clowns. She shakes up the coke some more on her way back to the living room. Agnes's mama's head is bent, and she sews. Crystal laughs. What's so funny? Agnes says. Pauletta, I mean, babe. If you had to live with her twenty-four hours every day, you wouldn't think she's so funny. Agnes says, licking the back of her spoon. She takes the blue bowl over and puts it into the sink. Well, maybe, Crystal says. Crystal and Agnes are almost exactly the same age, one month apart. Agnes was born at home in the room upstairs, which is her room still. But Crystal was born in the Clinch Valley Hospital in Richlands, Virginia, because her mother had to have a cesarean. Crystal is blonde.